Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm Owen Morton, the sports editor at the Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, I'll talk to Red and Black sports reporters to get the pulse of UGA athletics straight from the source. This week, we'll take a look at Georgia basketball and how the season has been for both the men's and women's teams. For this episode, I'll be joined by Red and Black assistant sports editor Bo Underwood and basketball beat writer Virginia Miller. Up first, Virginia and I will discuss the women's basketball team and what the season has been like for them. Welcome to the show, Virginia. <laughs> hey guys, super excited to be here. I'm Virginia. Been writing about basketball all season, so excited to talk to you all about it. Yeah, great intro uh, for someone that's joining the pod for the first time, I believe. I believe this is the yeah, first time, first right? first time, first time. First podcast ever. Okay, all right. <laughs> little debut action going on here. Now, unfortunately, we don't have the most fun topic to talk about this week, because let's get right to it. The women's team has not been great this season, especially from especially from what they were last year. It's it's just been rough. So, Virginia, kind of walk me through what's gone wrong for this team so far this season. I mean, you lose a lot, all key players. It's going to start going bad. But from the beginning, the team's shooting just has not been where it needs to be. I mean, you look at the stats, and they're barely shooting over 30% every game. They're shooting shots that aren't, like, barely having their feet set, really quick offensive possessions. Honestly, the whole season has just been really rushed on the offensive side, I think, from what I've seen. And that's not how you set up plays. That's not how you get the ball around. That's probably why Javin Nicholson has been the star player and the only one consistently shooting double in the double digits for the entire season because can't really set up any plays. But basically, I would say shooting has been what's gone wrong. It's hard to keep that consistent, I guess, for any team, but you got to get it above at least 30%. Yeah, I mean, you look at their their three-pointer percentage, that's below 30%. That's, Way below. That's really bad. I mean, Javin Nicholson, their top scorer, is literally at zero. Um, you, like you, you can't have your top player unable to make threes. They've only got one player above even 25% really, and that's Chloe Chapman. And even then, I don't believe she's shooting many threes anyways. So it's one of those things that, like, that's like she's only averaging four points. She's she's not on the court consistently. She's not really putting up shots consistently. It's one of those things that this team was so loaded a year ago, but they've got no nobody to create any offense. The only player creating any offense was a role player this time a year ago so it's kind of one of those things that and, and I don't think it's it's necessarily that Javin's taken a massive step up which I think she has taken a step up for this team because she needed to I think it's more of a case that like I don't know if she developed necessarily but more or less stepped up because they had no one else that could get the ball in the basket and it just looks like she stepped up because no one else is playing at the level that she even was playing but back to like the threes that you were saying we were talking to Coach Abe after the game, um, Ole Miss, which was their last SEC loss. They lost by, I think, 10. And they only shot five three-pointers. And we're So, of course, the question is, y'all went from shooting about 22 threes a game. What happened? Did you tell them to stop shooting? She was like, well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I told them to stop shooting threes. And that game, they made two threes but they only shot five so their percentage went up but you know if you're not shooting well you got to stop shooting them it's it's one of those things that like I get it they're not making them but like 
the, the three ball is such an important part in basketball in general, and they were able to actually make those shots last year, um, especially with the team they had, but they lost all of that, and it's it's just it's just kind of been a mess for them. But they did have one bright spot at the very least. They were able to get a win over Texas A&M at the very start of the season. It was a narrow win, but it was a win. How did they manage to kind of pull a game like that off when they've kind of struggled the rest of the year? So when I'm looking at the box score against Texas A&M, the one difference that I'm seeing, because the shooting honestly wasn't that much improved in that game, they only made one three-pointer, but their steals was what I saw most improved. They had 13 steals when they usually are around five or six per game, but that means that their defensive aggression was through the roof, and they're creating more turnovers and more opportunities for them to have a chance at a basket and with the game moving that quickly they were able to grab the win and even barely by four still a win is a win and defensive aggression can really put you over the top when your offense isn't performing the way you want it to yeah and that's kind of one of the things that I feel like this team did so well last year was having that such a stout defense that they were going to stay in any game that they played Um, but the problem is um, it feels like that hasn't been the case a lot of times. I mean, they lost by 40 points to Arkansas. You know, you just can't be doing that. They lost by nearly 20 to Alabama just the week after that. I mean, it's one of those things that I feel like this team did so well having so much success on the defensive end and then backing it up with some offense. I feel like their offense is somehow bringing down their defense. What do you think? I mean, I would agree. I think that it's really easy when you're on the court not that I've ever been in these players' position, but if you're having a really like awful miss, missing all your shots, and you're running back on defense, like how are you going to play as aggressively when none of those shots are falling? There's no motivation. You're not shooting threes and get the crowd, the crowd that's there riled up. Like there's no motivation for them to be aggressive. But I think in that first Texas A&M game, you know, first SEC game, they were excited. They were ready. They wanted to prove that they had a spot in the SEC after not really having a good start of their season. And I think that could have caused some um, defensive aggression, even when their offense still wasn't performing. But it definitely can have an effect on, you know, bad offense, bad defense. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of those things that, like, it's that time of possession. And, and I haven't looked directly at the numbers to see, you know, what it really is and how often they, they do have the ball. But, I mean, when they do have the ball, they don't do anything with it anyways. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just been kind of disastrous. And, and it shows how important players like Diamond Battles were for this team a year ago. And the fact that she was consistently able to get to the basket and consistently able to get up shots, make three-pointers, um, you know. Alicia Lewis, um, who, who I believe graduated and, and just moved on, she she wrapped up her collegiate basketball career, but she was so key from beyond the arc and, and as a bench scorer that losing a player like her and losing her shot-making ability I think has really crushed this team, um, which is just brutal. And I know they kind of found ways to – you know, fill the shoes of Brittany Smith, but even Brittany Smith's scoring is missed, I think, with this team. I think all three of those players, all of them formerly um, played with Coach Abe at UCF before she came um, here, but all three of those players were so key to Georgia's success last year, alongside Jordan Cole and Javin Nicholson and, and all of them continuing to play well. 
those three were super key, and I just don't think they've found people to replace them or their production. No, I don't think they have either. And that's another thing, like, in those games that they were losing at the beginning of the season when Javin was performing, like, you can't have one player scoring 20 points a game and then everyone else having six. Like, you got to have a consistent, like, three-man scoring position and maybe two that are really defensively stepping up or anything like that just to get some plays moving. Yeah, I completely agree. It's 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 one of those things that's like, oh, great, Javin got her like seventh straight double double. But what's the point if the rest of the team is scoring like six or less points? Yeah, it honestly makes it seem like sometimes. I mean, another thing that the team has been struggling on is in the turnovers that they're having, large amount of turnovers. And you see in that Texas A and M game, like that was the only game that they they had less turnovers than their opponent which I think that shows a lot too that they're kind of losing some of that motivation like losing that many games in a row it's kind of hard to keep you know your eyes on the prize and see where you want to go for the season and see that there's an end to a losing streak and seeing that many turnovers from them consistently kind of shows where the team's headed right now yeah and I don't think it's in a great direction but you know, if we can think positively, you know, if we can try and think of a way to maybe turn this around, how, what would that be? You know, which players would do you think need to step up and play at a certain level, like to at least play at a level kind of like Javin has in the past, to get this team some SEC wins, to get them from out from out of the very bottom of the SEC where they currently sit. Well, something that I've noticed in the women's basketball team that I think is a trend that's pretty interesting is since the Arkansas game, obviously awful game, but Javin had 17 points, and since then, Javin has not been playing well at all. She's one game in the Ole Miss. She didn't even start, so that kind of shows. But since then, players like Tania Thomas, Asia, uh, Jordan Cole, Damari Flournoy, they've all been stepping up and actually scoring in the double digits and making it like there's a team effort to have more players scoring more points, which actually like makes me have a little bit of hope for the team moving forward in SEC play. And I've been feeling pretty like better, even though they're still losing by 10 points or more. I feel like they're kind of finding their rhythm. They're giving more assists, which also was interesting. At the beginning of the season, they really weren't passing the ball. It was, it was a little weird. They're just kind of shooting instead of moving the ball around the court. They're, it was like something like five assists or seven assists per game at the beginning of the season, and they moved up to 13 assists in the um, Ole Miss game. But showing that they're actually getting the ball to more people on the court and having more players have the opportunity to step up and then taking that chance and running with it you know, that provides hope for the team because these players are the ones who are going to stick around. And when Javin's gone, they're going to be the ones who hopefully can carry the team. So, yeah, you need you need some of these younger players to kind of show up and 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 be impactful and, and be able to showcase why they're talented and why they're here and, and, you know, their purpose for being on this team and stuff like that. Um, to kind of replicate the stuff that we saw last year. Um, they absolutely need to fix those turnovers. I mean, the fact that if you as a team are averaging nearly 16 turnovers a game, that's not a success for winning because this team was known for creating so many steal opportunities this time ago, this time ago, this last year. And 
that's the reason they were in against Iowa, who went on to be the runner-up for the national championship um, for March Madness in the women's bracket. Yeah. Like, they almost took down the Caitlin Clark-led Iowa team from last year. Like, that's how good this team was a year ago. And I, I like your point about them actually getting the ball around and spacing because, I mean, it's kind of tough, but, like, they didn't really have a true point guard, and it feels like Asia Avenger is finally getting to that point where she's actually serving as the team's point guard for the first time really all year, and it feels like it's finally starting to come along now. Yeah, you've got to have a leader on the court. There's got to be someone who's going to step up at all times, and she's really shown herself in that position. But back to the turnovers, like especially in a league like the SEC where you know that all of those teams, like South Carolina and LSU, are going to like really capitalize on those turnovers, and they're going to make those into points almost every time. That's probably why that's so crucial and really hurting this team. But also going back to a positive note (laughs) I feel like this team's biggest strength and this is something that's gotten them close to winning some games is their free throws their free throw percentage is kind of insane like not that they're shooting too many but I remember in the Ole Miss game like they were 100% on their free throws until the very end of the game and they missed one so 90% on free throws which is kind of crazy numbers which for the team so at least they're really excelling in one shooting category yeah so it looks like keys for this team uh, i think they gotta they gotta get rid of the turnover issue they gotta get to the line more because clearly when they do they do great there Mm -hmm. and overall i think just get people involved i i I think that's i think those are the keys i think you hit on all of them and i think yeah i think that's that's really good yeah i agree all right well Virginia, we will uh, check back in on how this team's doing throughout the season, and hopefully they'll have a little bit of a better record. But until then, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, we welcome on Bo Underwood to discuss the men's team and their success this season. Welcome back to the show, Bo. Thank you for having me, Owen. Absolutely. We talked football last week. We're hopping right into the men's team this week and Bo they're off to an amazing start I mean especially considering the starts they've had in previous years um Bo what is this team doing really well this year compared to seasons prior I think the biggest thing is they're just better at bouncing back in general um last year's team sort of flashed signs of improvement there to there they it that team had its moments but Ultimately, what did them in was that they would go on these losing streaks that would just kill all of the momentum on the team. Um, you know, like about this time a year ago, they dropped three games in a row, and then they won one game, and then lost another three in a row. And then a couple weeks later, they picked up a few wins and then lost the last six games of the season. Like, it was just every time they were met with a tough loss or a tough blow, it seemed like it just took the win out of their sails completely. And this team doesn't really feel like that. You know, they've had some tough losses this year. But I think the reason they're doing so much better is they just seem so much more resilient and aren't as quick to have everything fall apart for them as soon as they lose a game or two. And I think that has a lot to do with coaching. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Mike White has really shown, you know, why he earned this job and why he deserved this job. It it was kind of, you know, it was one of those things where it was his first year. You can't fault the guy too much for not having great success, especially taking over for a team that won, what, six games? I mean, six games. I mean, Bo, you wrote, you put it in an article, but that was a terrible season. They were terrible. Um, 
So I'm not like I don't think anybody faulted Mike White for still kind of taking a team and making them a little bit below. No, average. yeah, absolutely not. But this year, I think it's really shown why he was the the choice for this job, and he's really taken this team with some transfers, with some key freshman additions, and have really propelled them to a great start. A, a like a four and two SEC record is something that this Georgia Benz basketball team has not seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see how things kind of pro- continue throughout the season. But I, I agree. I think they also have a fight that this other team didn't have. Yeah, for um, sure. So who are some of these guys, some of these new faces that are being these big-time contributors and, you know, really adding that fight and adding that that push that maybe Georgia didn't have this time last year? Uh, Noah Thomason has been a pretty big addition. Um, outside of Jabri Abdurrahim, he's probably the best shot creator on the team. His upside is kind of limited by the fact that he's a really inconsistent three-point shooter, to say the least. But just as a scorer in general, he takes a lot of pressure off of Jabri Abdurrahim, and he's also a really good defender. Um, Russell Shewa just had the game winner and probably his best overall game of the season in general. Um, but, you know, at, at seven feet tall, in my opinion, I think he leaves a lot to be desired as a rebounder and as a rim protector. But, you know, nevertheless, he's a big body down there, and it looks like he's starting to play his best basketball of the season. And then also have to give a shout-out to the freshmen, Silas Demery and Blue Kane, for giving this team just some extra juice in the backcourt offensively that it didn't really have last year. Yeah, uh, I think Noah Thomason has been a revelation for this team. I remember watching him in, like, open practices, right, and mm-hmm. him just kind of, you know, obviously he had been with the team for a little while. It had been, I think, a month mm-hmm. since he had been with the team. But, like, despite the fact that he was a transfer, that he had come in from somewhere else, yeah. he was already showing his abilities as a leader. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things that I said, oh, that's going to be a dude this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be a guy. Um, I think um, Demary Jr., has been kind of a revelation for this team as well. He has. Just in the way that as a six foot four point guard, he's been yeah. able to just start for this team. The fact yeah, the fact that he's come in immediately and started is pretty remarkable. It, it's insane. And it's it's something that I've been really impressed with. And I remember watching Silas like be a really great rebounder. Yeah, what right? an I mean, he's just an incredible athlete he's in just general. A, a stellar athlete. He's able to just and, and a, a, still a good playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from my hometown of Raleigh, North Carolina, which I mm-hmm. love. Um, but nice. that's that's more of a personal thing. But yeah, six four, six five point guard. Yeah, that that's a that can can play a little bit. He can play make. He can get to the basket. Shootings a little bit, you know, off and on. But yeah. like he's a freshman. I mean, yeah. that's that's something that. And that's the type of freshman that Georgia should have for another couple of yeah, years. Yeah, no, that's, that's the guy that you get excited about, for sure. So that's a really fun player. Blue Kane um, has kind of <laughs> become, what, like, I guess the joke around the team. Despite, he's still I a mean, good player, though. No, he's 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 just instant offense, though. Like, when you when you get him the ball, he's he's going to shoot it. And um, that's that's been that's come up big for them a few times this year. Nice. Um, he's, he's shown a lot of just scoring ability as a freshman, which – doesn't usually happen with Georgia freshman, you know, Anthony Edwards notwithstanding. But, yeah, no, it, it's cool to see, like, you know, there are veterans at the top of this team who are obviously probably the biggest reason for this, for its success and for why they've been such a tough out. But you also have younger guys in there who are making an impact, and that's a huge deal. Exactly. Plus the RJs coming off the bench. Yeah. Sunahara, who's been hurt, but Melendez, Melendez has is, been really good lately. Yeah, um, he's tough, man. Especially as kind of a – you know, hybrid guard forward, mm-hmm. um, just a wing player that can come in, uh, 
good shooting, good ability to attack the basket. Just a really good player. Yeah, so solid player, man. Great additions, and then not to mention, you said his name, but J- Jabri Abdurahim's yeah. rise this season. Yeah, no, I mean he's not a new face by any means, but the leap he's taken looks is is crazy. I mean, he still he had off riding in LSU, but you know that that dude his, his ability to just chuck shots up and create offense and, and and heat up as fast as he can heat up I mean it's won them some games this year I mean he, he's he's their go-to guy you can tell he's matured a lot as a leader he's matured a lot on defense finally kind of taking advantage of that 6'8 215 pound frame um, he's had He's had a heck of a year, man. Yeah, and he's really succeeding at the guard spot, too, mm-hmm. which is not something I expected for a guy that was running a lot of power forward yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, uh, addition to, like, how good these teams have been, you know, there have been losses. You mm-hmm. know, it's not been a flawless team necessarily. No. There's a reason they're not in the top 25. But the performances they had against top 10 teams in Tennessee and Kentucky, I think are notable for, for what they were able yeah. to do. I mean – both near, both less than ten point losses, um, and they almost beat uh, Tennessee at home. They almost took them down. They did. What even though they lost? I mean, what do those performances say about this team? Yeah, I I think it goes back to the fact that this is a really resilient group. Um, you know that Tennessee game got away from them in the final minute, like you said. But you know the way that they fought in that game after being down fourteen and just refusing to go away no matter what. That was something I don't think that team would have had in it last year. I really don't. Um, Kentucky, a little bit of a different story because, you know, they were I, – I get it, nine-point game, but, you know, they were never really in that game. They 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 kept it respectable in the second half, and they deserve a lot of credit for continuing to fight. But, yeah, I mean, this team doesn't really ha- – doesn't have a lot of just the raw talent that a lot of other SEC teams do, but they're so hard to put away just because of how hard they play and, you know, how how tough they are. And Mike White deserves all the credit in the world for that, for what he's done with this group in two years. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially the fact that now that recruiting stuff that he's been kind of mm-hmm. going after, it seems like it's going to be paying off. I mean, absolutely. Is Newell already signed, right? Yeah. So he's coming to the team next year. Um, they've got um, they've got a, a Pippen, mm-hmm. you know, locked yeah. in. Uh, not Pippen. They got a Wilkins. Excuse me. They do. They, they do. They do have a Wilkins. Yeah. They've got Jacob Wilkins locked in uh, for 2025. Not signed yet, but. That's a guy that's getting a lot of five-star mm-hmm. buzz now. Yeah, um, He's starting to rise up. Georgia could be recruiting back-to-back mm-hmm. five stars in the 2024 and 2025 class. You add on to what this this team has been able to do from just an overall perspective. I mean, you got to be excited about the future of this, this, Absolutely. this program. I, I agree. Now, I do know, obviously, this season as well, you know, their SEC wins beat South Carolina only five points, LSU by two. Um, LSU was kind of handled until it wasn't same thing kind of with South Carolina honestly I think I do think you can't ignore those and the fact that they haven't really had that dominant SEC win that you really want them to have just right yeah no definitely I mean they they, that's that's kind of the other end of being like a tough team who you know is never really out of the game it's like it's hard for them it's hard for them to pull away just because they don't have a lot of the the raw talent that these other teams have, um, and it, it's just hard for them to stack up points on teams consistently because, you know, they're kind of an inconsistent three-point shooting team. They're kind of an inconsistent rebounding team, if, you know, inconsistent even the word you want to use. But, you know, they're stacking wins together in the SEC, and it doesn't matter how you do it. You know, the mark of a good team is, like, can you go out there for 40 minutes and, you know, compete with the other team? And 
Georgia's been able to do that with pretty much everyone they've played. Um, you know, margin of victory is hasn't really been there in some of those games. And, you know, yeah, LSU, they kind of – that game should not have been as close as it was. But, um, you know, it's still January, and they're in a really good spot for where they're at at this point in the year. Yeah, and we'll talk about what they could achieve down the line. But before we get to that, but you had the opportunity to cover both the men's and women's team this time last year, you know, and and obviously Virginia's kind of in that spot now. Um, and we yeah. just talked to Virginia. We talked about how the women's team has completely fallen off a cliff from what you got to cover yeah. from last season. Um, I think it's really interesting based on how these t- these two teams kind of swapped almost mm-hmm. in their placements and and what they could do. Is there a vibe, at least from what you've seen, is there a vibe around this men's team? that maybe is similar to what you see that you, that you saw from the women's team and, and how different is that vibe from last season with the men's team? Yeah, I, th- I think they're very, they're two very different constructed teams. Um, you know, the women's team last year that, you know, ended up being such a fun team that went on that run, almost upset Iowa in the second round of the tournament. That team was, you know, had two one year rentals on the team and diamond battles and Brittany Smith, who were the two best players on the team, both came over from UCF with Coach Abe. So you saw kind of that was an older team. That was a team that was more built to win right away. And then after that season was over, you kind of had all the question marks of like, okay, we're losing like all of our top producers, um, which, you know, we're starting to see the results of that now because Coach Abe is sort of having to kind of build that roster from the ground up now instead of just, you know, bringing her players with her. Um the men's team kind of was like that from the jump. It was, you know, Mike White had, you know, he had some veterans that he brought in from the portal, but for the most part, it was like, we kind of just have to start from scratch from the Tom Crean era. Um, but I do think they, they do overlap last year's women's team, this women's team, or in this year's men's team. They they both play really tough defense. Um, they don't allow a lot of shots from deep, um, don't give up a lot of threes. And they're overall just kind of play much better than you would expect this kind of ragtag group of, like, transfers, veterans, a few freshmen to to do. Um, You can tell the kind of basketball team that Mike White wants this to be one day. Um, You can kind of start to see the vision when he's building this roster and the way that these teams get through these games. Um, And I think as he starts to pump more of his guys into the program, like what Coach Abe was doing last offseason, I think you're going to start seeing that vision start to come to life. Yeah, and that's one of those reasons why, and I know this is the men's uh, basketball segment, I think Abe still deserves another year to kind of show if she can have yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Like, I know this is a really bad year. I think no matter what, she still deserves to have that third year to, mm-hmm. to like, see what she can do once she continues to bring more of her younger players mm-hmm. in. She brought, she's brought. she got, like, a four or five recruiting uh, like count recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see what she can do. But Mike White showed what he can do with a second year when he starts bringing right. in his freshmen, his other transfers, and bringing in more of his guys. Because a lot of the players from last year returned, oddly enough. It was yeah, a lot of Georgia did. players that came back to play with White. Um, so it wasn't really his team. Now it's starting to shape like his. Mm-hmm. Um, and this team has just played really, really well. And I'm excited to see if they can continue that streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, me too. Um, so final question, we'll wrap it up here uh, after this one. But do you think March Madness could be in the cards for this team? I think they have a, a shot given where they are at this point in the season at 14 and five. Um, I think what might ultimately doom them down the stretch, you know, uh, is if they don't start improving in this area at least, is that they're just not a good rebounding team. 
Um, and it, it's it's really tough to win big games later in the year when you're not rebounding, when you're not finishing defensive possessions when they're over and when you're not generating new ones for yourself on offense. Um, Russell Shewa is someone who really needs to step up in that regard. He had a double-double last night. Um, he needs a few more of those because, you know, at first, for someone his size, those those rebounding numbers are not really what you want them to be. And it doesn't all fall on him. It'd be ridiculous for me to just point the finger at him. But, yeah, I mean, regardless, I think this is a really good basketball team for, you know, compared to what we've seen in recent years from Georgia. And it's it's definitely the best chance that Georgia has had in years to make things interesting, at least when the SEC tournament rolls around. I do think they can make some noise in the SEC tournament. Um, and then we'll just have to see what kind of team this ends up being once we get into, you know, mid-February, late-February. That's when we're really going to know, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's a little early, but I had to ask. I think oh, yeah. it's, it's it's the conversations are going of around, course. and uh, I couldn't not. Um, that's, but that's, I, that's what the people want to know about, man. Exactly. So I think I think Russell, I, I do think Russell needs to step up, and and not like he did last night. I want that to be very clear. What he did last night was stepping up in the yeah, biggest way. That was possible. very different. <laughs> it's a very different way of stepping up of what we. Yeah. Of, I think we need we, to see. We from just him. we we need rebound. We need rebounds from him. Not we. Georgia needs rebounds yeah. from him. Um. And and they they just need to get tougher in the paint. Um, because I think so. if you know they're I think they're they're top five in the SEC in three point shooting percentage right now. They they kind of rely on that a lot. But you know on the other end of that, you do have to be tougher inside on defense, and that that's I think this team's biggest area that it needs to improve in down the stretch. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised of when you know this team has to play top another top team in Auburn. You mm-hmm. know if they trot out maybe Frank Anselm eBay and and, yeah. and and she would out there together just so they can pull down boards because yeah. they need to just get super big. But then that also kind of kills your space. Like they're exactly. they're they're in a rough spot. I mean, they have no other option than to just start pulling down more rebounds than they have. You know, you you can go super big with your lineup, but then that also compromises so much else. Um, they've got to figure it out. They just have to figure it out if 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 they want to make a run late in the season. It's tough because it's like, oh man, this team could really use Aza Newell now. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. If you drop Aza Newell on this team right now, I'd have a lot have a lot more optimistic answer for you. But oh yeah, I mean, get yeah. a six nine. No, that would be with spacing abilities. Yeah, yeah no, that's 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 like the perfect player for this team. So it's 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 brutal we'll, in that way. We'll, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, you we got to wait another year, but that'll yeah. be that'll be when you're when you're heading up the show, Bo. Oh, but, yeah. But in any case, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. We'll have plenty more conversations. But until then, thank you for coming on the show, Bo. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Owen Warden. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at redandblack.com. For even more Georgia sports coverage, visit redandblack.com sports. We'll see it up Between the Headphones again next week.